you know, I like to think that I've kind of come a long way, but then, you know, I get frustrated and me and my mom have a fight and then I end up saying things that I regret and I'm like, really, I'm like, fuck, I don't know anything. I don't know shit yet. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What is up, everybody? All right, solo episode coming at you here. I got some notes for everything that went down in Sedona, Arizona last week. I just made these notes quickly off trying to remember everything. Obviously, I'm not going to remember that much. Well, as clear as I would like. I hope, but maybe. We'll see. I just staged the place, cleansed the space. I got the... I got everything. I put some Palo Santo on. I'm trying to set the mood as much as possible to put me back into that place. Had some tea, had some cacao, feeling good, and I'm feeling in the zone. So I really wanted to share this with you guys because this was such a powerful experience for me. Um, I've been finding it quite difficult integrating everything back at home, obviously being here and having to stay at home and go from such a powerful experience to you know having to just be alone and having so many powerful people and such a powerful force of energy um and then having to come back into the city and navigate through that so here we go so this experience was pretty crazy amazing in so many ways crazy amazing i don't think i've ever said that but there you go um this is our final summit in the aubrey marcus fit for service fellowship mastermind that I was, I've been in all year. I took a little bit of time off in between, obviously couldn't go to Lake Tahoe, couldn't go to Austin, but wanted to make sure that I was into Sedona. I just want to make sure that I give my recognition to them and how much of a great job they did with everything and keeping everything safe within the rules and everything. And it was just amazing. So, so we, so the, the, the trip the trip was, uh, it got off to a pretty interesting start. I was really, really excited. I had a, I was supposed to fly out on, it was what, Wednesday. And I got to the airport super early, earlier than normal. I think I got there like two or three, three hours ahead, which was kind of insane since I don't usually go that early. I was checked in. I was just excited. And I get there and they, they tell me that my flight has been canceled and it's been canceled for three weeks. And I'm like, what? I didn't get any, I didn't get a hold of that. And I, I didn't get an email about that. And I booked through this app called skip lagged, which I don't recommend. They were, it seemed like a good app, but anyway, um, I didn't get an email and they told me the flight was canceled. So here I'm at the airport, super disappointed. Air Canada actually did a good job at at least trying to accommodate. So they said, look, we can't get you out today or tomorrow, but we can get you out Friday at 2 p.m., which would mean that I would get into Sedona after flying there and after um, taking like a shuttle. It takes two hours from the airport to Sedona. It would have been like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. So I was like, forget, like, so I was going back and forth in our little chat that we had within the group. And part of me is like, well, that's not worth it. I'm not going to get there Friday night and miss miss like, you know, good chunk of it. So, 
And the lady made it sound like that was my only option. So I panicked at first and I like was, and I was basically like, how is this possible? But then she and then I looked on Skyscanner and Skyscanner was telling me that there was a bunch of other flights, but she, and then I went to her and I said, well, why is this flight? Why do you say that there's no other flight? She's like, well, that's the only one that we can give you the honor. So I was like, you can get me on other flights though. She's like, yeah, but we can't honor it with that deal because you got such a cheap deal. Which was good. It was like super dirt cheap. So she booked me the. Fl- I said, okay, fine. Book me the flight for Friday at two p.m. I'll take that, just in case. And you know, at least I'm going regardless. Obviously, the the thought crossed my mind that I wasn't going to be able to go, and I was super disappointed. But my my heart was like, you're going no matter what. I went over in my head. I was like, I could fly to Vegas. I could drive from there. I could. I could do, I was willing to drive to Seattle, fly from there. There was all these kind of options. But then I realized that, oh, Vancouver to Calgary, Calgary to Phoenix. And that was at 6 a.m. the next day. I'm currently at about 6 p.m. in Vancouver. So I'm like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. So I said, all right, 500 bucks. I decided, all right, 500 bucks. It's, you know, this is the test. This is the call from the universe. Like, do you want to go bad enough? And Although that stung, I was like, I didn't pay that much for the flight anyway, so let's do it. So 500. So I didn't end up using the free flight on Friday. But now looking back, I would not want to have missed what I got to do and what we got to do when we were there. So flew out, got to the airport super early. Everything was smooth. Flew out. Flight was great. Really just chilled out. Um, I forget what I did on the flight. I think I actually fell asleep, which I never do on flights, which was great. Got into Calgary transferred fl- planes, went to Phoenix, landed, and immediately was just so excited to get into the heat. Like, man, it was it was so nice. And I didn't know how I was going to get from Phoenix to Sedona. Um, there was crazy, the shuttle, the night before I was kind of panicking as well. Like, how do I get here? And I was just like, it's going to work out. I looked at the shuttles. The shuttles were like, to take it by yourself, it's like 400, 500 bucks. It's like insane. So, and then I knew that the group, I knew that some people were going to be busy. So I just didn't rely on, on having to get somebody to come pick me up because that's a long ways. So I said, I toughed it out, took one for the team and took an Uber. <laughs> the Uber guy's like, you're going to Sedona? It's like two hours away. I was like, yeah, but it ended up only costing me like 120 US, which is like, you know, almost 200 Canadian. It is what it is. I saved money in the end, rolled in. And the house we were staying at, props to to Celeste and Reno and the crew. It was just, Reno's been on the show in the past. Guy's fucking awesome dude. I'll get into that later. But um, they, they, lined, they, they lined up this house for us. And it was, it was magic. Like this is like right out. It's a bit of a drive from downtown Sedona. It's about an hour out. Was it an hour? No, it was probably half hour into the mountain kind of range and it was just in this beautiful majestic area there's a stream in the background there's these those beautiful mountains that you see if you haven't seen Sedona go google it it's like these beautiful mountains it's like a vortex it's beautiful so it was like this this house that was just like majestic walk in Reno's chilling everybody's a lot of people have gone to the the kind of opening of the event we just had a chat. It was great to see him. Got everything settled out. Had a shower, and then boom, we took off and we went to um, the opening night. So we got there and they were doing a small speech, and we were rolled in at the perfect time. 
Aubrey was speaking to the group and, um, and just kind of getting us ready. So I rolled in at the perfect time. It, it all worked out so well. And it, I, the, the message here, you guys, is always trust the process, right? If you really feel you should be doing something, just let go of the resistance, right? Just, just go into it. So we got there just in time. And then we got into ecstatic dance. So for those of you that don't know what ecstatic dance is, I'm with you. I, I kind of laughed at the name when I first heard it, but it's really fucking cool and it's really powerful. So it's basically just dancing without looking at anybody, without judging anybody, without judging yourself, just moving your body. And although that's really hard to do for some, it is the most freeing experience. And we had, his name's Parangi. Go follow him on Spotify. The guy's got the best music if you like if you've done journeys or plant medicine or anything, or you just like amazing vibe, like a really good vibe, go check out Parangi, Parangi, or I think that's how you say it, and follow him. His music was awesome. So it kind of got us warmed up. We're kind of moving our bodies around, getting it. And it's really about feeling what needs to be moved, your legs, your arms. It was, it was beautiful. So there was the beautiful sand and the beautiful mountains. It was hot. It was beautiful. Like I can't say beautiful enough. And we just started dancing and the music just got different levels. And it was just like such a perfect way to start the week, the weekend. Um, just like being able to connect with nature at that level, like the sand there, it's like the softest sand ever. And I was literally just getting so into it. And I later on laid down in the sand and just like moved around in it and did a meditation to some of the music because it just felt so great to connect to, to Mother Earth, to Gaia. And just the vibe and the energy, it was just such a beautiful experience. So we did ecstatic dance when I was in Tulum. Aubrey led it, which was awesome too, but this was a different, a little bit of a different experience. Tulum, I drank a lot. I had a great time, had so much fun, but I was very under the influence a lot. I was drinking a lot of alcohol, a lot of tequila. So I wasn't really my heart wasn't as open. Like I was just, I was going through a weird time. It was right before COVID. So I'm glad that I had that fun. But when we did ecstatic dance, I was a little bit, I was just in a different, different space when we did it. And Aubrey did an amazing job in that one too. So it was really cool to see the two different ones. This one for me was more powerful because my heart was more open and I was just like sober and it was just really cool. So <clears throat> that sort of, that sort of ended that night and we went through the ecstatic dance. It was great. And, but the, the, the magic of these things is, is, is the going back to the house and, and the conversations that you have, right? We had a perfect amount of people. There wasn't a lot of people like, you know, everybody was safe, all that stuff. And, but it was just really the, the conversations that you have when you, you're open, when your heart's open and you're just in a group where, it's kind of in a ceremony setting, you know, like everyone's just there, the lights and the food. It was just really nice to connect and everybody was open and we just had some really good conversations and a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. And the first night was, well, for, that was my first night. They had got together the night before, but for me, that was the first one. So it was, it was great. And um, the house was just, I got a bed downstairs. My boy, Sam Cabert, he's been on the show as well. 
Um, we kind of roomed downstairs together, had some good chats. So that was, it was great to do that. So that was kind of the first day static dance. We did one big thing on each day, which was really awesome. The next day was about, there's a workshop and there's a dude that I was following for a while. His name's Stefanos, 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 Greek. I'm pretty sure he's Greek, just like me. Um, but Chris, sorry, him and him and Christine Hassler, um, they're a couple and they put on, um, a sacred masculine, sacred feminine and the balance of these, the balance of polarities between, and it was just, so this workshop was like very, very powerful. This was something that I didn't know what to expect, but I knew this dude was awesome. I'd followed him and he's got some really good videos. So make sure to go follow both of them. Um, I specifically followed Stefanos before. Uh, his, he's got awesome videos just on relationships and healthy masculinity. I mean, let's be honest, us dudes listening to this or even all the women listening to this, a lot of us are very unbalanced in these areas because of how we were raised. You know, there's a lot of toxic masculinity. Um, there's toxic feminine. There's, there's all kinds of like unbalance. And the key is to find the balance and to see, to develop that full, that dance back and forth to, to be able to balance out in your own life. So we did these really interesting exercises um, where I honestly, I was in tears the entire day. And a lot of us were. We had these this activity where we would line up and we would look into each other across all the women on one side, all the men. And forgive me if I forget anything here. You guys wouldn't know anyway, but anybody that's listening from the program, I just, I'm trying to remember, go off what I remember. I know there was more than this, but I'm just trying to go off with my memory. We had this lineup where we'd look at the, the men and the women and they would ask, Name somebody that's been cheated on and the person would step forward and then we'd step back and then say, name somebody that's been abused or, you know, something very personal, something deep that got us to the point of like really looking at each other and feeling that how normal it is and how so many of us have been through these different things. And it got deep. There were some deeper questions there and people started to cry. Right, it was very emotional because it was kind of like they were they were showing their truth in the light in front of people for the first time, and it was really healing for a lot. And a lot of shame came out, but a lot of like acceptance and love for each other came out. And we just looked at each other's eyes with the person across the the way, and you could really see not only see their pain, but you could really see the healing because like you're 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 essentially holding them with your eyes. You're giving holding space, right? Which was powerful. <clears throat> So that was emotional. And then we went into this thing with the sacred feminine where we actually bowed down to their feet, we had a, to the woman. And I actually, there was me, there was, it worked out that me and um, Alex had the same, the same woman. So there's two of us to one. Usually it was one on one, but it's just the way it worked out. And it was happened to be Ananata Ananda, who's our, one of our a shamanic breath work teacher, which I'll get into later, but it was really powerful because she's a powerful woman. And to be able to do that with her was really, I was really, I felt really honored. And there, we just did these exercises where we really, um, how do I even explain it? Just showing compassion for the, the divine feminine and really just accepting and really almost 
apologizing for like how toxic the masculinity can be and myself and how I've treated people in the past or how, who have they've treated me. And it was just nice to honor the feminine. And if you're listening to this and you're like, what? It was just, it was such a powerful thing. And just to be able to honor the feminine for me was just so powerful because it's, we don't grow up in a place where we honor the feminine. And I'm not saying like go feminism, like that kind of toxic stuff that you see online, like real, like just seeing them and loving them. And, and, and both of us kind of uh, apologizing, kind of forgiving each other because the talk, the masculine and the feminine for, for, you know, the way we've been to each other. And it was just such a healing experience. And I'm just trying to remember it, but we were just looking at each other's eyes and there were certain things that they would say, say to us and, you know, we'd hug them and it was just such a beautiful experience. It's hard for me to put into words. I wish I would have taken more notes after. I just, I don't know. I wasn't into journaling. I was into feeling. So um, it was just such a, I, it was just such a great exercise and workshop to be able to appreciate the divine feminine, the masculine and the polarities and the balance and how important it is to forgive and and how important it is to really understand that. So that's the first time I've ever done that. And again, my apologize if I messed it all up because like that's kind of that's kind of all I remember. Um, I just remember the feeling I had, you know, and I remember just feeling so open. I was like so exhausted from crying because like you see everybody crying and you see everyone opening their heart, but you still you feel healed. So it was amazing. Then we had a dinner, a little bit of a talent show. It was pretty awesome. People went up, did some cool stuff. I was super tired and we just went back and just kind of did our thing, socialized again, a magic night, just just talking, unwinding and uh, getting ready for the next day. It was, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> we did some deep meditations at home, some ketamine meditations, which is very, very powerful. And I'm not going to get into that too much, but it's something that I tried for the first time and it was very, very powerful. Not in a party setting, but in like a real peaceful meditation setting. So that was cool. And we just kind of bonded as a group and it was great. So that was the second night. <clears throat> the next day we did, this was probably the most, well, probably the most powerful of this event other than something else that I'll get into, but we did shamanic breath work. So all the coaches and, um, Anahata, who she's going to come on the show too, actually. We're going to talk about her story. And so is Stefanos from who I talked to before. We're going to get both of them on. But Anahata, the breath work, we just lied down. And I'd done shamanic breath work before. Not in person. Aubrey gave us a recording. One time we did an online summit because we couldn't all get together. And I did one and I had some profound things, you know, I saw my dad. I saw a lot of weird stuff. I had just a weird shift in my body and body was going numb. So that was my first time to breath work. I feel a lot of resistance to doing breath work because it is hard work. And usually when I've done it, it's really hard and I get super emotional, but this was different. This breath work was different. This one was like, I lied down. I was in such a different place for some reason. Like 
I, you know, I was right at the front. I was near the energy and I don't know, but my something was different. And when we, when we were doing the breath work, I didn't feel a sense of sadness. I sent, I felt a sense of laughter and peace and I was laughing. Like, even though I heard people crying and screaming and because breathwork pulls out a lot. If you guys are new to breathwork, when you go deep, it really unpacks a lot of stuff that's hidden in there. And like, it pulls it out in a lot of, it's an emotional release. I mean, think about it. You can really, you can do so much with your breath. DMT is released. You can see visions, but like, you can also get through a lot. Like you can pull out a lot of energy. So a lot of people were you know, emotional. But for me, I was laughing. I was like, I am like, I stepped into this power that was hard to explain. But I had Kyle Kingsbury behind me. I had um, Chad. Was, I had I, a few people behind me, but like, I just remember specifically like this feeling of letting this go, letting out the warrior. And I remember Kyle Kingsbury behind me, one of our coaches, just being like, let that fucking warrior out. Whether he said it or not, I like I I remember hearing him say it and him tapping me on the shoulder. But then I was like, "Did he say it?" It was like I was in this trance, but I could see him being like, "Let that out, brother." And I'm gonna have him on the show too, and I want to talk to him about this. But I was like, "He's like, let that fucking warrior out," and I screamed and I screamed and I was like, "Ah!" And I was flexing. I felt like I was coming out of like the 300 movie or like Gladiator. And I was like being reborn or something. I was like letting go of all this shit. And I felt so light. And I was like stepping into this warrior power. And then I got this vision of like, you know, warrior embodiment, like really being the warrior. And I feel like this is something that in my life I've like, I've always been afraid to step into my true power or something. And I don't know why. But this really made me feel like it's okay. And I released a lot. And a lot of people were crying and emotional, but I was like laughing. I was like, ha, 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 fuck. Yeah. And I was like screaming. And it was so, so, so amazing. And I was just so, I felt so like blessed after for going through that and so grateful. And the kind of energy that we have built up inside of us is really quite profound and sometimes that release is just what we need and that has a ripple effect in in our lives and sometimes that release can let go of so much shit in your body and we know that things manifest as illness and sickness when you have this stagnant energy inside of you right and breath work i think i highly recommend you guys step into that learn it check it out check out um anahata's breathwork she does some online stuff and yeah it's whatever you choose it's a practice that i i highly recommend and, and invite you to try because it's huge and i want to do it more myself obviously there's wim hof as well he does like you know the breath when to go into cold plunging um to jump into the cold water which is what we did also i forgot to mention we were doing cold plunges in the morning into the cold stream which is amazing way to start the day but normally you're supposed to do breath work before to kind of slow your heart rate down so and so you don't have to breathe as much so when you so anyways like the science of it i like i i don't have it off the top of my head i just know how i feel and it was fucking amazing so 
Next day. Um, so that was, I believe that was the Saturday. The next day was Sunday. Okay. So Tim Corcoran, I missed the Lake Tahoe, the Lake Tahoe summit because of COVID and they did a thing called soul wander. So they were doing it here. And at first I was like, oh, soul wander. We had a late night the night before, didn't get much sleep, but I felt like I didn't need much sleep while I was there. I felt great. I don't know if it's the energy in in the vortex or the like it's just powerful there like i did not feel like i needed sleep and i hardly drank any coffee i was just like flying all the time so um i almost slept in for the soul wonder i got up i was like nah i'm i'm sleeping but i something told me no you gotta go you gotta go so i decided to go and it was the biggest it was such a good move on my part i'm so glad i went so the soul wander is not a hike it's not anything like you'd think it's literally going out for five hours into the desert without an agenda without a location without anything and just really just exploring however you see fit in the moment and what happens is nature is a mirror a lot of the things you'll see will be metaphors for your own life and at first it's hard to get into it but as you start to get challenged like we were out in the heat we had lots of water hat like we were prepared but each person had their own journey and it was amazing to see kind of like how that unfolded for for everybody and i'm just trying to find if i wrote down oh yeah okay so i have notes about this so at first i just kind of went for a cruise and I just didn't care what was happening. I was fucking tired. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a nap. <laughs> so I had a nap. I lied underneath the tree and I just took a snooze. I just, I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I had a quick nap. I got up and I was like, oh, it's time to go. So I started to go and, um, well, actually backtrack for a second before the nap. I started the trek and I got something about looking at the cactus. I started to, I gravitated towards the cactus. And so I, I looked at it and I grabbed the little needles on it, the spikes. And I, I said to it, and you guys think this is funny, whatever. This is just what I felt called to do. I asked it, I said, do you, why do you have spikes on it? Like, what are you protecting yourself from? And I started to think about, the spikes in life, like how many of us wear spikes to protect our heart or ourself from whatever it is. And I just kind of got curious and I was like, oh, wow, okay. Release the spikes, open your heart. Like that's what I kept thinking in my head. And I was like, wow, okay. And obviously I'm out in the desert, I'm seeing a lot of cactuses, but I'm really paying attention to them this time. I'm not just seeing them, but I'm like, why do you have cag? Why do you have spikes? And I don't know the science behind it. Obviously, there's some reason, but like I didn't know. And it made it was interesting to me at the time. So then I had a nap. So I had my first download, like open your heart, release the spikes, which I thought was pretty cool. And then I started, I've told the story a couple of times, but here we go again. I started to want to meditate. I was like, oh, okay, let's go, let's go sit down and meditate. But every time I kept trying to meditate, I had this stupid fly that was flying in my face. 
And I was like, fuck off, fly. Like, get out of here. Why are you, why are you here? And I'd get up and I'd move. And then I'd sit down. I'd be like, why can't I find a place without a fly? And then it dawned on me. The fly is never going away. The fly has just as much right to be here as you. You need to accept the fly because the fly is, shows up in your life as the little annoyances, the little things that are just that you have to get through. And it's just such a metaphor for like the, the fly in life that just buzzes around and annoys the shit out of you. The, the noise outside, the construction, the, there's always something, right? And there's never the perfect moment. So my download from that was there's never going to be a perfect moment. You got to sit still and just get through it. And that's the beauty of it. It's to be able to focus on what you need to do and, and understand that there's not a perfect moment. There's always going to be a fly buzzing around. So surrender, acceptance, full surrender to the fly, acceptance. And as soon as I did that, guess what? The fly just kind of disappeared. <laughs> so it's pretty, it's pretty crazy when you're really open to something like this and you just really pay attention because when we go on these treks, when we go on these things, there's always a destination. And wow, if you guys get the chance to go out and do this without an agenda, it'll blow your mind. So first message from the spikes and the cactus, open my heart, release the spikes, surrender and acceptance from the fly. <laughs> and then there was this other thing. So I, I, I took a little cruise and I just, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a kid right now. So I just started to play a little game and I saw I just throw rocks at the tree. I wasn't allowed to leave until I hit the, the tree three times or something. And I was just kind of like, what would I do if I was a kid? And that's just kind of what I did for a bit. I'd go down into a spot. I'd be like, that oh, doesn't look that great. I'm going to climb out of here. I'd get up. And then, so I saw this, this plastic bag. And you guys aren't going to believe this. Well, I hope you believe it, but this is how it happened. There's this little plastic bag. And I look into the bush. It's really prickly bush. It's going to be tough for me to get to the plastic bag. And I was like, shit, there's a piece of garbage there. I should probably pick it up. And... I go to look at it and I was like, what does it say? It says temptation on it. <laughs> it's just so hilarious. The bag says temptation. It's surrounded by prickles. It's surrounded by like, I just know I was like, if I go through there, then I'm going to get prickled and I'm going to regret it because it's just a piece of plastic. But then I was like, well, it's out of nature. It shouldn't be here. But then I was like, you know what? This is a sign. Rele resist temptation leave the bag. It's too much of a pain. You're going to get prickled. You've done this so many times in your life. You just go for it. And sometimes, even though you know the temptation isn't going to serve you, do it and it, it prickles you and it, it leaves you regretting it after. And that's not to say like not taking risks, but like stupid temptation that you know doesn't feel right. Like following, not following your heart. And I knew I wasn't supposed to grab it. So I left it or so I left the bag there and I left and I was like, wow, okay. So those are three big downloads that I got so far. Resist temptation, surrender, acceptance, open my heart. And then I decided, you know what? I see people on top of this. I see people climbing the mountain. I feel kind of bad that I didn't. There's a huge mountain there. Why am I not doing it? So I went and sat on this rock. And I was like, good. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to climb the whole thing, but I'm going to sit on this piece of rock. And it was overlooking the valley. And all of a sudden, when I, I started to hear this flute play. And later on, I heard it was my boy, Ryan Mullins. He had, found, he had found a spot that he was looking for, the glyphs, and he started playing um, the flute. 
and he had played it the night before and it was just such a beautiful two people were playing flutes and it was just like it was like i was out of a, a video game like the legends of zelda or something <laughs> it was sitting in this on this rock and i was like i'm gonna meditate and i started meditating and i could just hear this beautiful song and it was just so it was so peaceful it was just like i could cry it was just such a beautiful situation and after that the music stopped and i and it was time to go back so i looked at my phone i didn't i only took a couple pictures actually while i was up there but i tried to stay off my phone i looked at we had an hour to get back so i headed back and i actually went way too far and i started to panic because i didn't know where i was and i was like shit it was like i was out there and i um but i just trusted and i just said i'm you know i looked for i just kind of leaned in and said everything will work out and i but i did start to panic i started to get like anxiety like oh shit i'm gonna be lost in this desert oh what am i gonna do <laughs> but then i saw the teepee sticking up and uh I went to the teepee and that's where that's where it ended so then we did a little mirroring exercise where i was just kind of i wasn't the best at mirroring like we you basically somebody tells the story like this and then they mirror it back to you and it was a really interesting exercise because you you basically tell them the story back and it was really cool it went on for a while a lot of people loved it and um yeah that was uh that was that and but there's another quote that came to my mind while I was walking. I'm still trying to unpack what it means. But while I was walking, I kept hearing, I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I have to be. I kept hearing that. I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I have to be. So there's a lot of things because, and it messed with me a bit. And I've been thinking about that quote. But what I think that that quote means is that stay in your heart like i don't know where i'm going like going somewhere is almost like your ego right like it's like you always got to go somewhere do something and it's like i don't know where i'm going and although i do know where i'm going as far as like planning my life and wanting to know a direction i don't really know but i know where i have to be meaning i need to be in my heart i need to be present i need to be in my truth so that's what I unpacked. And anybody that has any comments about that quote and what you think that means, I would love to hear it. I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I have to be. And I'm still pondering it. So I would love if you guys could send me a DM and, and let me know what you think about that because I'm still uh, unpacking it. So again, that kind of concluded that day. We just had, again, go back to the house, enjoy some some time together as a as a as a few of us and have some laughs and really integrating have some have some food it was awesome and like i said before those are some of the best moments is just after the events just just having a laugh having a chat meditating unwinding is amazing so <clears throat> the next day so that pretty much ended that pretty much ended the the summit um, but I had an opportunity offsite with some friends to do, um, something else. And I wasn't going to talk about this, but I thought, why not? Like, fuck it. It's part of the story. Just because like I felt resistance about talking about this kind of stuff. But I think that it's important because it's who I am and 
it's it's medicine. So I decided to do five MEO DMT, which is Bufo five Bufo five MEO DMT, which is fucking powerful psychedelic. And I did it in the most beautiful setting. And I wasn't planning on doing it. And it just my soul was calling it. It was perfect time. My energy was at the perfect level. I just felt so aligned with it. And my friends that facilitated it did such a great job. And um, I just have never experienced or seen something so profound and amazing. If, if For anybody that's new to psychedelics, it's going to be hard to understand. But this was like a complete ego it's like your your ego completely disappears so your ego is here to like basically keep you intact of who you are your identity the stories your life when that's erased you just become you're you're not you're not like you don't have a story like you completely are just consciousness right so when doing this you your ego is completely dissolved so a lot of people freak out and panic because that that complete surrender is like probably one of the scariest things. So I wouldn't recommend doing this as your first psychedelic. I would recommend doing like psilocybin magic mushrooms first because that'll give you the feeling of um that'll give you a feeling of um what it feels like to kind of to to let go and to sort of um release control. Like you gotta you gotta let go, and it's very hard because we want to control everything. And same with like MDMA, psilocybin. Now I just want to be just a disclaimer: like I don't condone anything. This you got to be smart and safe about all this stuff. You got to choose your life, choose your journey. I, I'm not gonna recommend that this stuff is for everybody. It definitely isn't. But for me, I'm be I feel called to it. I'm doing ayahuasca in January. It just feels natural for me. And when I was in a beautiful place like Sedona, the energy was there and it felt right. So this is part of my healing journey that I want to share with you. So not condoning it, just expressing my truth to you. So this wasn't planned. This just happened naturally. So you become, when, you, when, you, when it first starts, you become this light. You lose all ego. You lose all sense of who you are, and you see these 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 patterns and shapes. This this fractile geometry that moves in this way that is like uncomprehendable and unimaginable by the human brain, and you become that light. Like you become the movement. You become it. Like you're not an observer. You are it. So it's almost like you're see it's like if you had to like be a piece of a star or a piece of a cell like it's like you're like in the middle of like a like a like if you were like a a subatomic particle or something in this like cell it's like you're seeing all these like <laughs> I'm recording this video and I'm like moving around you just see all these shapes and this movement and you're just like holy fuck like it's overload and it's so easy to freak out. But like I was just in so much peace. I was like, wow. And like I had no control over it. And I just like, 
and I could just hear like, let go, let go. And I let go. And you pretty much, it's called ego death. You pretty much, your ego dissolves and you just become one with the cosmos. You just become one and you, you feel what it's like to almost, to feel what it's like to let go of your soul, your ego. And you just become like, you're just, <laughs> you are just part of consciousness. And it's the most peaceful thing. It's really hard to understand, comprehend, but it lasts about 15, 20 minutes. And as I started to come back, there was levels of like, all of a sudden I started to get a bit of fear and anxiety because my ego was being attached again. So when I was a complete let go, complete ego dissolution, I was free and I was like, I was la I felt so good. But as I started to come into tact again, I started to kind of like worry a little bit and like hear things more. And like you could, I could feel my, my everything coming back into, into tact. And I remember hearing stay in your heart, stay in your heart. So I had a little bit more and then immediately regretted it because I was like, oh fuck. And I went back, but not to the level that I did before. And when I did, I was like, I had to release it again. But this is the tools that you get from letting go during meditation or during any other kind of thing that is very challenging and scary if you've never done it before. The letting go is just a lesson in life. And I really learned this is that being able to let go in an experience like that, where you have zero control and just you have to be the observer, coming in back into real life and knowing and seeing our everyday lives, it's like, it's not as things aren't as scary anymore because you have control. But when you lose all sense of control and you're forced to fucking look and be nothingness, you're part of everything but part of nothing at the same time, you're forced to surrender. You're pretty much allowing yourself to die, to feel what it's like to die. I know that sounds crazy to people, but the feeling that feels like is the feeling that when you come back, you're like, wow. It gives you a sense of gratitude. I came down and I was like I was reborn. I was like, how do we, how can we go from that back to these human bodies? I was like trying to unpack it. And the people that I was with were my friends were just like, don't try and think about it. Don't try and analyze it because it just, it's not going to work. And I was like, I was like, what the fuck is this life? <laughs> and it's just so much. It's like the human brain, like we, we want to put everything in boxes and we want to analyze everything, but the human brain just can't comprehend some things that we see. And unpacking that was like really amazing. But like, I was just like, wow, my heart was so open and I felt what it felt like to just completely surrender and be at peace. But as I started to come down from the second, second bit, I started to get a little bit worried I felt like I was like getting like buried alive or something. I started to get these like paranoid because I have a fear of being buried alive. And I was like, I don't know. It was weird. And then at that point I was kind of coming out of it and I was just like, okay, I'm done. And I just looked up and I was like, okay, I'm done. It's kind of thing. And I was like, I'm good. And just like trying to explain that is like, it's, it's really hard because it's hard for me to do it justice. But the experience was just the most beautiful thing in the world. and. You have to make sure that if you're ever going to do something like that, that you're with trained people that are that are doing that know this stuff. And it's no joke. There's certain protocols or certain things you got to do to make sure that you're anchored down to earth, 
that you have the right energy around you because it's no joke. And I'm telling you, don't fuck around with this stuff. Be really mindful. Be really, really careful who you do it with and all that. And I have a newfound respect for this medicine. I will really, really respect it. And I'm so excited that I did this because now when I go in to do ayahuasca in, in um, Costa Rica in January, I'm going to respect it so much. I'm going to prepare my body for the medicine because I think it's important that we um, give it the respect. And the respect that we learn for this medicine just means we start to respect ourselves more. We start to appreciate life more. And now looking at it, it it's helped my fear, my anxiety for sure, doing that medicine because it's amazing. Like, like I said earlier, when you don't have control of it and you have to surrender, that's scary. But you can just sit there and allow it to happen. And it's weird because like when you're in that state, you're still a human. So like you still can freak out, but you, you, and it can be a nightmare for some, some people freak out. And I thought while I was coming out that I was freaking out and I started to think, Oh shit, was I being a pain in the ass for these guys? Like, Oh no, I'm like, I'm worried that I was like being annoying. And I had these visions. My ego was trying to like make me feel like I was like annoying them. And then they're like, wow, that was peaceful. I was like, what? They're like, no, you weren't moving around at all. You were like super peaceful. And I was like, wow. Okay. Like, and that it's crazy. The games that we play in our heads with our ego, but that was when things started to kind of come down. So I hope that made sense. (laughs) I, um, I really wanted to express that because this stuff is powerful and I feel like it's it changed my life in a way that I'm still trying to understand. So that was that. And then later on, we ended up doing um, Wachuma, which is which is the perfect medicine. What a lot of, after you do ayahuasca in, in Peru, a lot of people have Wachuma. It's very masculine grandfather medicine that they take after and it's a heart opener and it, it allows you to kind of integrate. And so we went out into nature near this creek. We you know, went out there and we had some and it was like a really nice experience. experience uh, good, nice experience. And the Watruma is from the San Pedro cactus. So it's, it's, it's made, it's a brew and you drink it. And it's not like, it doesn't make you, it's not like a psychoactive or anything like that. At least I didn't feel that. And it was just like a real heart opener and allowed us to really sit in, 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 sit in the medicine and really feel open to nature. And I can see why this is a favorite for many. It just opens your heart. And it was like the perfect transition from where I was at to like integrate into the next day with this medicine. So it was <clears throat> absolutely amazing. And um heart opening and I just never I've never had my heart cracked open so much from an experience and you know I also got to say some of the people that I was with um just made the experience so amazing and I'm just so grateful because I made some new friendships new connections that will forever change my life as well as um you know took the already existing friendships and just made them a lot stronger. So it was just so powerful, so much love in my heart. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. The thing that I look back on now is that I wish I would, I had the call. I was like being called to stay longer and I was being 
pulled to be because I my heart was open. This was like my calling, and I was I was being called to stay and 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 stay in nature, stay longer because I was just so open and I I ignored it. I was so worried about coming home and recording the podcast and the business and everything. And really, I could have figured it out, but I I ignored it and I regretted it. And <clears throat> there's some things I would have wanted to do, stay away, some people to connect with, and it bothered me coming back so soon. But it is what it is. And now that's just kind of how we live with it. So I'm, my key message to there is like, answer the call. We all refuse the call. It's part of the hero's journey, but then we will answer the call at some point. So that was the thing. And and I decided to leave. I stayed with some good friends in Phoenix that night. I had a great dinner, went to bed early, had a great chat, had a nice hike in Phoenix, get some sun, and then I flew back Vancouver. And uh, yeah, that was that. And flew back on, what was it, Tuesday? Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Yeah, Tuesday, I think. And then, yeah, that was it. And I was going to record this earlier, but I decided to wait and um, just let us see how it unfolds. So there you have it. That was our my experience in Sedona, Arizona. And just got to say thank you to the Fit for Service crew. Everybody, it's amazing. They did such a great job. Just did so well at just like, respecting everything that's going on and and just everything everything was perfect and i think with what's going on in the world we all need to do our part individually to help the collective and what we did what we created as a collective will help the world and that's why it's important that we have um small gatherings like this yes within the rules whatever <laughs> I still think all this stuff is bullshit. I'm sorry. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to be that guy right now. I think, you know, but anyways, I, I, I still think, I think that having all of us getting together and all of us, um, you know, really working on ourselves is going to be the change. And I've said, be the change you wish this, you wish to see in the world. Like Gandhi said, don't point the finger at other people. Look at yourself for the change. And I believe that when we do this powerful work, our healing work, this 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 deep-rooted trauma work, and first of all, it's identifying the trauma and the pain, and then it's figuring out how do I fix it. And being in an environment that is slowly chipping away at that is really where it all starts. We got to heal ourselves. The quicker we heal ourselves, give ourselves love and compassion, the better we'll be able to see that and help other people. So this stuff has a ripple effect. Stuff that we do with ourselves, we have conversations with people, they have conversations with people, and if we leave that impact with others, that's going to be the change. This has been challenging for me. I had some um, resistance from family and it was really challenging. So I've been, it's been really hard integrating this, being back in the city, trying to go after going through something so transformative and then trying to like fit into this box of the city life. And really I'm like wanting to like go and explore and it's really interesting, but it's been great. I started journaling again, started doing Eric Godsey's journaling course. If you guys haven't go check it out. His journaling course is fucking awesome. It's called, what's it called? Um, Cathedra. I don't get any, 
any referral fees or anything for that. I'm just telling you it's amazing. And started journaling again and just how powerful it is to just get your your thoughts on paper. And yeah, so just been sitting here just going in and doing my best to keep the vibes high. But like I said, it's been tough with family and 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 trying to stay positive. But I know I have a lot of work to do. I have a lot of challenges that I have to face. I have a lot of anger issues that I still have. And it's funny because we walk around like we think we have it all figured out. <laughs> you know, I like to think that I've kind of come a long way, but then, you know, I get frustrated and me and my mom have a fight and then I end up saying things that I regret and I'm like, really, I'm like, fuck, I don't know anything. I don't know shit yet. I'm just on the journey. I'm not perfect. I'm learning as I go, but I realize that the more I learn, the less I, the, the, the more I learn, the less I know. Like we don't know shit. And if you think you know it all, you, you're, you're wrong. If you walk around life thinking you know everything because you've gone to school or educated, you don't know shit. And just become a humble person student of life always know that somebody knows more than you and there's so much to learn and i know on this spiritual journey there's a lot of people that get to a certain place i've done this many times that many times and it becomes this ego thing it's just not the right way we're all at different levels we're all learning we're all exploring and we all have medicine for each other and we all have gifts that we have that we need to to go into so i just feel that a lot of times, you know, we get on this path of like growth and then we still will have to face some shit that'll bring us right back. And like I said, the resistance I felt, how I acted with, you know, family really shows me that I got a lot of work to do still, but we're here on planet. I'm 37. There's lots of years left to do the work, right? That's the exciting part. So I want you to know that I definitely know that I don't have it all figured out, but at least I'm trying. I'm aware Get self-aware. Understand, you guys, where you're coming from, where you need help. Ask for help. Do the things. Do the stuff. Start a daily routine. I've talked about it. Meditation, breath work, journaling, whatever you can do, but it's important, and this shit will help change your life. All right, guys. Till next time, we're at 53 minutes here. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I would love if you guys could leave a review if you got value. Share this with a friend if you got value for it. I know you guys, I say this a lot, but it really means a lot to see it shared or if you leave a review. And um, yeah, this will be on YouTube also. So I know I wasn't looking at the camera that much, but <laughs> I can't really, even when I'm interviewing, I can't really look straight. I always have to look down. So it's something I have to work on. But love you guys. I appreciate you. Have a beautiful day and we will catch you next time.